All right. So on the Mind of a Football Coach podcast this morning, we have Coach Taylor Stacy. Coach, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Coach. Welcome. Uh, appreciate you having me here this morning. Glad to be on. Yeah, man. When did we first meet? We first met, what, the first week of school, I think? Yeah, I believe the first time we met there was that first week of school, kind of out there on the track, out on the football field. I think I came up and introduced myself when cross-country team was out there practicing. You guys were out there getting some summer work in, too. It's so cool here how that we, we share, because I've been at places where it's like the toddler. You don't share, you know, and that's – is that a – how long have you been here, Coach? I, I never asked you that. How long have you been at Buckingham and Upshur? Uh, so working at the high school, I've been up here for four years, uh, but really involved with the county for at least about the past six or seven. Uh, you know, coming up this season is my fifth year coaching at the middle school uh, with the middle school track team. Then uh, this will be year number three coming up cross country up here at the high school. Uh, yeah, been around for a good minute now. Never thought I'd stay around this long, but definitely glad that I have. It's funny how that works. And I had another, I have another friend who, thought that he was going to be at a place for just a little bit he ended up being there 15 years <laughs> and it's funny how sometimes that that works out people are like oh i'm just going to be here for a little bit and then yeah they're there for a lot of it uh <laughs> you know how that works yeah it was interesting you know my wife and i both you know went to wesleyan both wesleyan grads and that's how we <laughs> met and we both said that hey after we graduated you know wouldn't be there much longer but mm. hey, here we are seven eight years later still Heck yeah. Still hanging around. That's awesome. So you said you went to Wesleyan. Talk about your athletic background a little bit for the listener, if you don't mind. Uh, yeah, for sure. So, uh, you know, I went to Spring Valley High School growing up down there in Huntington, West Virginia. Uh, loved growing up down in that area. Ran track and cross country just about from the moment I could starting out in middle school. Uh, went to West Virginia Wesleyan College. Went to go run cross country and track there for the legend Jesse Skiles. Uh, I know Jesse. He, I coached his uh, nephew. But, yes, I interrupt you, Coach. Right. I'm sorry. Oh, no, you're good. But, yeah, man was a legend. It was a great time. Uh, had a couple really good years there. Then kind of fell out of the sport there towards my, like, senior year. But, you know, still glad to get back into it now. Uh, coming, kind of coming full circle coaching. Coach, what made you want to just run for your sport? Because my guys in football, when you tell them to run, it's they look at you like, oh, my gosh, what are you – this is – this. I would rather scrape my eyeballs with – pencils or something you know you know it's a question I think all distance runners get at some point but you know it's always one that's tough to answer because I think if any of them tell you that they just straight up love it I think they're lying there's got to be a little bit of some love hate in there uh, you know I grew up playing soccer my whole life so the distance endurance aspect just kind of came along with it uh, but you know I always kind of sum it up with something uh, a college teammate of mine once said uh, you know when you go out there on a long run if You've got a problem to figure out. Mm. You go on an 80-minute long run and you still ha haven't figured out that problem, you've got a pretty big problem. Yeah, yeah, I, I can I can jive with that because in my life when I had to figure something out, let's go for a run, let's go for a walk. Uh, what's the, is there science behind that? There's got to be something behind there. Are you, are, you, are you the kind of person that wants to, like, dive into that? Or are you just okay with that? I mean, yeah, there's definitely got to be something in there. Um, mm. distance running to me is all about that isolation mm. it's got to be a sport you got to be comfortable with being on your own mm. um, you know I think one of the biggest struggles that like distance runners run into is like you know when they don't have people to run with you know it's hard to convince yourself to wake up on a Sunday morning get out there for two hours 
Yeah. You know, you're out yeah. there struggling that first 30 minutes, you know, sitting there thinking, all right, I'm ready to go back in. I'm ready to go back in. You know, but after that 30 minutes, you kind of find that rhythm, kind of find that cadence. And then, you know, it's just kind of getting lost in those thoughts. You know, you really kind of just start thinking about everything going on in your life. And soon enough, you don't even think about time anymore. You don't come the end of it. And hey, 10 minutes left to look at it like, hey, I've been running for the past hour and a half. And, you know, look at how far I came. So what does your schedule look like as a distance runner? What it during the, I, I know that the periodization is different, mm-hmm. but a general week, what does that look like? How many hours are you running? In a uh, week? You know, at the high school level, probably encouraging like 60, 70 miles a week. Kind of once you get up there in the college levels, you know, I was a 10 K guy on the track. So, you know, solid 25 laps was my race, Ooh. but, uh, you know, we had a few hundred mile weeks in there. Uh, usually we'd only hit about like five or 600 mile weeks throughout the year. Cause I mean, you know, there is just as much as overdoing it. So you kind of got to taper that up and then, you know, taper down off of it as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, really just your summers and winters piling in the mileage, you know, the spring and your fall, try to like bust in on some speed a little bit more, try to get in some more intervals. Uh, it was definitely a tough schedule to keep up with. It was something I really, really enjoyed at one point, uh, Something I don't necessarily think I'll be crawling back to anytime soon. Yeah. So what is your relationship like with running now that you're done being a high school and collegiate athlete? What does that look like? Yeah, it, uh, it's so weird. Uh, most of my teammates that I grew up with or graduated with, you know, they're still into it. Uh, even mm. my wife, she's getting ready to do a half marathon here in the next month up in Canaan. And, you know, same thing. She was she's right back into it. Um, myself, personally, you know, I don't really like to run anymore. Um, you know, I kind of just lost that love for it, kind of there towards like the inner parts of my, like later parts of my career. Uh, really enjoyed it, but at the same time, just the aches and pains kind of like uh, took that away from me. Mm. But my relationship with it now is kind of actually, I would say I love the sport now, coaching it. Mm. I love it okay. more now than I did ever as an athlete. Yeah, coaching and actually doing it are so different. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on that? Because to me, I, I enjoy coaching football far more than I did playing it. I'm sure guys have a different, other people have a different experience. They enjoyed playing it. They don't coach it. Mm-hmm. So what, what is it for you that makes you enjoy coaching it more? Uh, you know, for myself, I was never really a type of person that performed under pressure. You know, I was a talented runner. I mean, you know, got, I made it on the college team. You know, I did. I had some really good years there, ran some really fast times. But, you know, I was never really that person that shined in that moment of pressure. And I think kind of where I'm able to see, like, where I had my own weaknesses as a runner myself, you know, I kind of know what to look for to help people that kind of, like, that have those same problems. Uh, you know, and dealing with some of my athletes, I kind of see some of those same issues with them. And I kind of know how to like better approach their situations and help them, you know, kind of push through that and actually able to be or be able to perform. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, really, that's the big thing. It's just helping others kind of accomplish, you know, maybe I never really had any big goals for myself of what I wanted to accomplish, but, you know, but still just trying to help people get there to their own personal goals. To me, it's just made it so much more worthwhile. Yeah, because I was like that as a player. I- I was a better practice player than I was a game player, especially in college, because I wanted everything to be right and everything to be perfect. 
in, in a game is just chaos, you know. So I always struggle with that. I have a bad play, and then I'd go in the toilet mentally for a couple plays, and then oh, you're 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 back. Then the the dread of the Monday afternoon film session was always like, oh, the coach is going to rip me on this one. Is there any kind of so when you're coaching somebody, what does that look like in in cross country? Like, what is your what are your cues? What are you looking for? How are you trying to communicate? You can't really talk to them on the race, right? right? So it's all beforehand. Mm -hmm. Is that how? Okay. Yeah. I mean, my philosophy is, you know, much just like anything in life, I'm going to give you all the tools and all the resources you can to get to where you need to be. When you step to that line, hey, I mean, that's on you. Mm -hmm. You know, that responsibility kind of falls like that's, you know, that's the part that falls on your shoulders. You know, coaching for me is more so about preparation, you know, and just as much as we talk about like the physical side of preparation, you know, that mental preparation has got to be there. And I would almost argue that, you know, that mental toughness is almost like more important when it comes to like running and especially competing than almost that physical, like actual strength and mm. abilities. Uh, mm. So when you say mental, the mental part of it, what does that look like to get them ready? What are you, what are some things you're, is it personal to them? Is it, is there some philosophy behind it? What is, what does that look like? Learning how to tell that voice in your head. No, mm. uh, that's actually a conversation I just had yesterday with uh, my middle school folks is, you know, there's always going to be that little voice in your head. That's telling you like, you can't do this. You can't keep this up. And, you know, especially as cross country folks, you know, we've, it's such a fine balance. You have to find how to kill yourself for three and a half for yeah. 3.1 miles, yeah. you know, but without overdoing it, you've got to find that perfect balance of moving, but not sitting. Mm. Uh, so for me, you know, what I always try to get my kids mentally prepared for is I try to mimic that. I try to mimic that in practice, mimic those moments of being broken and being tired, mm -hmm. you know, doubting yourself. Can I go one more rep? Can we get this next one in? And, you know, that's what they're going to have to dig down deep in a race and say is when they're up there in the front, they're going to be questioning, hey, can I keep this up? Should I be up here? You know, they <laughs> should I be up here? <laughs> right. What I mean, is, OK, so what does that mean? I, I, what do you mean? Like, should I be up here? What, what does that mean? You know, uh, especially, uh, you know, just thinking about like, you know, them being up in the position of a race, you know, putting okay. themselves up in the top pack, like, you know, like, do I deserve to be up here? Okay. I got and, you know, and that's what I always tell my kids is like, believe that you deserve it. Uh, now, when okay. you're up there in the front and you're looking at those guys, don't be sitting there and questioning like, oh, should I be running with this crew? Like, man, can I really keep up with them? Like, you got to look down on yourself and say, hey, I've been working. I know what I've been through and I got, I deserve to be up here. Mm -hmm. You know, that this position is earned and I'm going to fight for it. Mm -hmm. Because if you go into that race and I mean, if hey, you're not willing to fight for it, I mean, you've just about already lost before you, that gun even went off. Yeah. And what do you, what do you sense about teenagers in middle, in middle school, I guess they're kind of teenagers too, in high school, about their confidence level uh, kind of coming into track or not, excuse me, not track, cross country, and then how that changes after they leave your program. So what do you, what do you see them at, Like, how do you see them progress through that as they go through your, uh, your program? Yeah. Uh, 
you know, as kids come in, you know, they're always kind of unsure of themselves. I mean, usually still cross country is kind of a newer sport for kids. You know, it's not really something we do at younger youth ages and stuff. So, you know, often I'm still getting some first year runners there at the beginning of maybe freshman, even sophomore year. Um, what I always try to like really get through to my kids is, hey, like, you know, we're not just out here training you to be successful out on the cross country courses. You know, this is me like training you to be successful in life. And, you know, that exact same thing that we just talked about, you know, doubting ourselves or wanting to quit or, you know, when things get tough, we want to like look for the cop out. We want to look for our way out. You know, I try to get it through my kids like, hey, that's the same thing you're going <laughs> to experience all throughout your life. You know, all throughout your life, you're going to run into these moments of, hey, um, you know, going to college you know I, I know we see it a lot especially as high school teachers you know the kids go off to college and may not quite be so ready for it they get smacked in the face with their first dose of reality and they don't know how to react to it mm-hmm. and, you know so really my goal for my kids is to know what that feels like that hey when something unexpected when something unplanned happens you know there is a way to work you know there is a way to work through it there is a way to work around it and so for me you know i want my kids to have that confidence that hey I know I'm going to run into problems in life. I know I'm going to run into struggles, but I also know that I'm going to have the abilities to get out of it. Mm. Is it going to be easy? No, no one ever said it's going to be easy, Mm. but you know, if they can actually believe in themselves, dig down deep and try, Hey, you're going to get somewhere. Yeah. After I got done playing football, running became my, my thing. I needed something hard and I think kids and us as adults, we need things that are difficult. And I think running is one of the ultimate things, right? Because it sucks. It hurts. You know, it's like, oh, my gosh, you were saying you're, you're up for a two-hour run on a Sunday morning. And when you're doing those two-hour runs, is that a time thing or is that a distance thing? Oh, uh, yeah. So we just uh, – our training philosophy was always just based on time. Okay. Uh, I mean, you have goal paces that you should be running. You know, there's kind of an idea of, hey, like, you know, you should be clicking off about this many miles at this many pace. And I mean, sure, whatever. Sunday morning, all the guys getting together. Hey, you spend the first 30 minutes talking about what happened last night, you know, just catching up. But, you know, I, like I said, after a while, you kind of break into that rhythm and cadence and yeah, you just go. And I mean, were any of us ever looking forward to waking up on a cold no. Sunday morning? No, absolutely not. I mean, I was... I remember times out there running Route 33 with snow on the ground. I mean, you know, and all of us, you know, you start off all the layers on, but along the way, you're just ditching clothes off the side of the road and you're throwing toboggans down. And that's just how you did it. Do you go back and get them? Oh, yeah. Somebody, okay. yeah. Okay. Somebody okay. always drives you. back. Usually we have one or two drop off spots. You know, everybody leaves their stuff right somewhere and we just all come back and get it later. But I got you. You know, that's the thing. You can always take layers off, can't put them back on. <clears throat> that's a fact yeah. yeah growing up in florida it was hotter than the devil's draws out there some days and uh yeah you, you could only get down to so much you know what i mean but when it's cold at least that's a cool thing you could put a bunch of layers a bunch of layers on coach let's talk about your your teaching a little bit mm-hmm. so what what subjects do you teach for the listener that doesn't doesn't know these things oh yeah so i've kind of been a little renaissance man around here at the high school taught a few different subjects but uh currently i'm teaching uh 11th grade social studies so basically covering you know world history from uh just about world war one to current stuff uh then i also teach a psychology class up here at the high school really enjoyed both of those Hmm. 
you started off as a math or English too, right? Is that yeah. Right? Okay. So uh, <laughs> when I was kind of getting my first little go around right out of college, my first full gig uh, was a full year of teaching ninth grade math. So, uh, you know, I could always do math. Was never really the math keen person, but, you know, we got through a year. It was fun. <laughs> yeah. I did a year of English after that, then finally moved my way into social studies where I wanted to be. Ninth grade math. So you've, you've been through purgatory already is what you're saying. Oh, you, yeah. You've been, because that, God love ninth graders, but, and trying to teach them math, I, I would love to know what is the correlation between that and teaching kids like first time runners how to run? Because a lot of times mm. when they get to high school math, I guess what I found over my years is one of the biggest jumps from middle school to high school is some kids don't realize this actually matters. Like they have to pass this class to get their diploma because in middle school they can fail everything and they get socially mm -hmm. promoted. So how do you how did you try to change that mindset, especially in a course that most people don't like? So you're trying right. to give them something they don't want. So how did you go about that? Yeah, I mean, and especially being a class that you know, even myself, I wasn't the most comfortable with. Mm -hmm. You know, I could walk into a social studies class any day of the week, and I can at least pick up the material and know what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, in math, hey, I I was taking that teacher's manual home every single night, and before I'd assign problems the next day, you know, I had to make yeah. sure I knew how to do it. Uh, so for me, you know, I had to find a way to make it enjoyable for myself. So I try to like find connections to kids, you know, like how just how can we take these math problems that we're learning about and like what real world application does it actually have? And, you know, even if it was something as basic as like helping you with like housing, you know, figuring out your, um, you know, what an escrow account is, or, you know, just figuring out your taxes, you know, what an interest yeah, rate yeah. means, you know, just trying to find, cause like you said, it's kind of the first time kids get to that age where they start to realize, Hey, Oh, this matters. Right. Oh, shoot. I'm so you're telling me I didn't pay attention the last three years. And now, I'm kind of like, when I have to make up for it, that was all. Yeah. So you really had to kind of get like first bridge that gap of like, Hey, this matters. Like, secondly, why does, why does it matter to you? I feel like in high school, especially academically kids hit a level of reality that they did not have previously, meaning there is not social promotion in high school. Now they may go sit in a, the 10th grade class after ninth grade year, but still have to make up that credit. Right. But for some of them, that's a harsh reality because elementary school, middle school, you're going to the next, <laughs> the next grade. I mean, it, it doesn't really matter what you did before. Um, so yeah, I think us at the high school level, we get a little, I'm not saying we get dumped on, but we have to teach them reality more than mm -hmm. academically, at least. And athletically, I would imagine it's the same thing too. Because, you know, if they're running, you know, in youth league or is there a youth running league or something like that? Around? No. No, there no. should be. Okay. Right. Yeah, exactly. So we actually talked about that because my daughter, I would like her to run a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, us at the high school level, we get the, you know, not everybody plays, not everybody passes, you know, that kind of stuff. You you have to have those more difficult conversations yeah. in high school. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, that's, I, I find that real interesting for myself because I have to change my coaching styles between when I transition my seasons. You know, I go from coaching high school cross-country kids, you know, and they, they know what I expect. They know my expectations, what we're going to do each day. 
And then when it comes to working with middle school, like, you know, I got to come back and remember, hey, I'm working with middle school again. You know, I got to tone it down. You know, we got to start focusing on the basics again. But, you know, in high school, you, and that's what's great is we get to have those more difficult conversations. And, you know, like my kids are always asking me, you know, like, you know, like, do we make you proud? Or like, you know, are you proud of us? And it's like, absolutely, you do. You know, outside of your athletic accomplishments, what's going to make me more proud is seeing you continue to succeed outside of here. You know, if you never run another day in your life, hey, that's fine. You know, I know, no hurt, like no harm to me, but, you know, I want to make sure that you're, that you're going to be taken care of and that you know what it is. I don't want to sugarcoat it. And I don't think as coaches we should. And I don't think as educators we should. <clears throat> yeah, I, I think that having real conversations with our, like you were saying, with our athletes and our students is the best way because if we just make them feel like it's unicorns and rainbows, that they're going to hit the wall of, oh, you mean I, this is, life is difficult. Uh, yeah. And I think that's why I like, to me personally, I liked running and then I liked playing football because it's hard and you have to prepare for more than you actually compete. You know what I mean? So like how, how often are you competing in a race in a cross country season versus practice? Yeah. It's a very few times, mm. uh, you know, very few times, but you know, same thing in practice, you know, we're always driving that competition home. You know, you're still having those little victories every day, regardless. Mm -hmm. And you know and I'm curious, like, of your opinion, like, do you feel like as a society, kind of like where we are painting everything as like rainbows too much that maybe enough <laughs> that are not enough real conversations are going on? I think our society, our society ex accepts everything, but forgives nothing. So I'm okay, you're okay, but if you cross a line, that I perceive as immoral or not good. Like people have a hard time forgiving mm -hmm. each other. And that's what I see more than anything is like life is difficult. Life is hard. I think people are good naturally. And we need to feed into that. Like you're good. I know you're trying, you're, maybe you're misguided. Right. Uh, but I do think we kind of unicorn and rainbow the, like the difficulties of life for people. Um, after you, I tell kids in my class all the time, your boss is not going to care about your IEP. Right. You know, like they just don't care. And, no. um, they don't really care how you feel either. Uh, and no one wants to, and no one likes to hear that. Right. No one likes to hear that. Uh, but you know, if we, if you mess up in your job, then, you know, there should be some forgiveness, but unfortunately, you know, the, the professional level, sometimes that doesn't happen, but yeah, I think that. You know, us in, in a school setting, we want to give every kid a chance to be successful. And that looks a little different in our setting as opposed to when they step in the real world. Yeah, absolutely. professionally. Yeah. Because I think one thing that's really great about our world is that there is still room to love and nurture. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, uh, the real world probably would be a lot harsher and a lot more cold to people you know, we still have that opportunity to love and nurture these kids and still let them know that, Hey, you matter. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're, like, I want to make sure that you know that you matter. And you, like you, you do have a purpose, but at the same time in between there, that conversation of, Hey, this is what the world's going to be like. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm, 
we're having this conversation is because I want you to be prepared for it. Yeah. Yeah. And absolutely. Because a lot of that to me comes from, you know, my dad always, uh, growing up, my dad always would mention to me, you know, and his saying was always life isn't fair. Mm. And, you know, and I, for the longest time, you know, hated hearing that as a kid, mm. never liked it. And, you know, for the longest time, still hated it. Like ever, every single time it'd be said, it or you know, I don't think I ever really started to grasp that meaning until the, like, you know, really the last few years. Mm. And I was having a really interesting thought the other day and I was kind of curious to hear your opinion on it. Like, you know, what is fairness? I think equity is a better thing than fairness. So I don't think you, I don't think you should treat everybody the same. I think you should try to help people achieve their fullest potential. Because uh, we're all, God's given us all different gifts. And that, all, that looks different. My grandfather used to say, the fair is what comes to town once a year and you eat cotton candy and ride rides and life is not fair. Uh, <laughs> I like that. So, uh, yeah, it's not, but thank goodness it's not because if, you know, me athletically, at least I wasn't the most gifted guy. I had to really work to become a good offensive lineman and people poured into me. They didn't treat me the same as the guy that naturally got it. And I think it's the same thing in the classroom. We should help. We need to help people and try to get them to maximize their potential and see their goodness. What do you, what do you think about that? Yeah. So kind of the reason I uh, was saying that is, you know, I had a athlete the other day and it was something, it was over something very minor, nothing even relevant to what we were doing <clears throat> at practice, but I just kind of heard them make the comment, like, you know, that's not fair. Mm-hmm. And of course my mind goes back to dad always saying as a kid, you know, life's not fair, get over it. But I kind of took it even further to think if, you know, maybe what my dad's trying to get at all this time is like fairness is kind of like an idea of losers of like, yeah. hey, you've got something that I don't have and I want it too, mm. but I don't want to work for it. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think there's fairness that should be applied in some aspects of ways, but, you know, that idea of like, hey, I don't really want to work for it. Um, I think that's pretty rampant and something that we kind of have to do better to address. And like something that I try to address in my coaching is like, Hey, like you want that top seven spot. You want to be on the conference team. You want to go run and represent our team at regionals. Like, Hey, you have to understand, like you got to work for it. Like, it doesn't matter at the end of the day, it's going to be that clock and you know, who timed in the fastest and that's where we're going to call it. Yeah. And I think helping athletes understand that hard work does not always equal success. So there's this thing called genetics, right? <laughs> and, you know, the phrase that you can be whatever you want to be has damaged so many people because that's not true. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be a professional baseball player. My dad was, so I thought I could be no, like, no, it was not in the cards. And I think we've, that phrase, I think has damaged people because that's not true. I think you can maximize your potential. Mm-hmm. But I don't think you can be whatever you want to be. I can't be six. I can't be seven foot in dunking a basketball. Right. You know, we all have genetic limitations. So and what is fair? Like fair, like if I give, like you could have a couple of athletes, right? And we give them the same workout. Well, that's fair. But what if the other one needs something different, right? Or they need more attention. 
that would be better, more ethical to do, right? But that's not fair. So mm-hmm. I, 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 sometimes I hear players say stuff like that. I take them to, hey, well, would you like me to treat you like I treat blank? Well, no, because they're better than me. Right. Right. So should I just quit coaching you and not coach you because I, I don't have to coach them? Exactly. And they look at you like, uh, well, right. So you really don't want fair. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. You may want the same T-shirt they got, you know. <laughs> but you, yeah, but you don't want the same expectations. Right. Yeah. 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 And, you know, exactly. And I have that same thing out there across country. You know, my top guys, you know, it's an expectation. Hey, on Sundays, you all need to be getting together and getting a long run in, you know. And, and am I going to expect the same out of, you know, one of my guys that's running like a 20-minute 5K? Hey, probably not. Hey, no. you need to be go getting a little 50, 40 minutes in. Right. You know, hey, we're going to work out to your limitations. <laughs> But yeah, absolutely. And I really like that point you made there about like, you know, we have to accept or is like limitations, but maximizing our potential mm-hmm. is really where the conversation should be mm-hmm. more oriented. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's like the same thing in, in the classroom these days, you know, every student should succeed. Everybody should go to college. I don't think that we don't say that here. I think we do a great job in Upshur County of CTE and helping people get to a technical field, but I've worked at places where every state, let's say things like every student should go to college. Uh, no, like, right. we no. Have to, yeah. We have to have a dose of reality in there. Mm, yeah, no doubt. Well, coach, we're going to come back to part two because it's almost time for us to actually get to work. Hey. So we can talk mushrooms after we go pick some mushrooms and talk more about philosophy. This has been awesome, coach. Yeah, for sure, man. I absolutely look forward to talking about some mushrooms next time. I hope I can bring some knowledge with me. And for sure, man, I appreciate you having me. I love being on. Awesome. This is beautiful. This is going to be a multiple thing. This is going to be like Coach Taylor's wisdom, Coach Coach Stacy's wisdom as we go forward. I look forward to that. And I think we can make this happen.